Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. Hey, John, it's hot. Did you know it's hot? It's hot. Yeah, it's been hot, but I hear you guys are having like these extreme heat we didn't get that today we just had well we had extreme lack of air where yesterday it was beautiful and sunny and today the smoke came back and you couldn't breathe the air again so i've been watching on twitter and i see the people in the lower mainland are complaining about how hot it is i we are not getting that today yeah it's it's not like heat dome hot like that heat dome we had in was it was it june was it may i don't know whatever the heck that you know we were setting records in canada like we're not supposed to be the hottest place in Canada in this province. We are the temperate rainforest. Keyword temperate. Anytime I hear heat dome, I just want to go like next up it's Truckzilla at the heat dome. You know, that's what it comes to. It sort of comes to me. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean cars were coming to life because it was so <laughs> hot. They tr- they like we they were transforming. It's just and nice. running away um, and jumping in the river. Yeah, man, yeah. it's hot. I mean, I I look at baby four. She's sitting there, and she doesn't seem to be any worse for wear. Obviously, maybe a smaller body, maybe lower to the ground. I don't know what the difference is. But then there's me, and uh, as you can see, our listeners cannot. I'm I'm feeling it, feeling it. Yeah, I, I obviously don't want the smoke, but then. If the smoke comes here, it does mean lower temperatures. So which poison would I want to have? Yeah, I can tell you, we, you listeners are lucky that we don't do a YouTube feed of this because, yeah, audio is enough. But uh, the topic of our our show today is going to do with a competition. Um, There's a reason behind that. One, uh, the Olympics, uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympics uh, wrapped up, uh, be it uh, a year-ish late uh, the Paralympics, I believe start up next week, I think in, in Tokyo. Uh, but it's the first sort of world competition that baby force has been exposed to. Um, each night we'd sort of through the, the CBC on watched whatever Olympic events they were covering and uh, baby force got really invested in it, especially the diving and the swimming. She really liked that. And we noticed something started to occur. She's a very big supporter of team Canada, which is kind of cool. And she, she got really excited. Anytime a Canadian athlete was, was shown and the little Canada flag on the screen came up and the, like, I think it's called the score bug or whatever it's called. And she really excited and she cheer on the Canadian athletes, including when they set their personal best. But when the personal best equated to like fourth place, we had full on meltdown. Oh my goodness. My day has been ruined. I'm going to cry now. Canada did not get a medal. And it's the first time that I think we've ever really noticed that she has a real competitive streak in her. We're not entirely sure how to approach this. So yeah, um, we did not do the Olympics really. We, we just, I, you know, it's really hard. I understand that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, this is their life. A lot of people train all of their life to get to the Olympics, but the Olympics during a pandemic seemed really, really dumb. 
And we've already seen like what happened to our local hockey team when they played during a pandemic. They all got COVID. So, you know, there's kind of just more important things for for us. So it's it just like I just I tuned out the Olympics for the most part. Having said that, they are on every newsfeed and everything. And suddenly I was getting CBC alerts on my phone constantly telling me about medals. So, so yeah, I was certainly aware of the Olympics, but I didn't actually watch them that closely. Um, we have had the competition bug, of course. I mean, it started actually, it's in my mother's, my uh, not my mother's, my wife's family. And um, it used to be many years ago, before we had kids, her dad would come to, you know, come visit us. And we would play board games and Uh you'd have to convince him to play a board game because he just didn't want to play board games because he knew that he had this huge temp. And he's a very mild mannered, you know, not at all. You wouldn't expect this from him. He's a mild mannered computer programmer, basically. But uh, you put board game in front of him and suddenly he was throwing over the table and he lost. And so... So that sort of got, went down the generations too. So my my mm-hmm. kids very much, and we're a big big board gaming family here. We own something like two hundred and fifty or something. I don't even know anymore. So uh, so yeah, my kids have both had that thing where if they're not winning, and of course you know they play some actually complex games that are above their age range, and of course they're not going to win those games. But if they don't mm-hmm. win those games, then they're going to be pretty uh, pretty upset by it. And what do you do in that case? Because I mean. You can't just, you can't be a jerk. You can't say, oh, yeah, you lost, suck it up, buttercup. Because A, that's just not the way I parents. And B, people like that are jerks. And we should, that's not the reaction you should have. So, uh, so yeah, we're just very, we're into very, uh, we talk about it. You know, I think with Baby Force, it's a matter of, did you have fun? Same kind of deal where you just talk about it. Did you have fun watching that? Did you see how strong they were? How wonderful they did? And you got to sort of just have that discussion about how these people are, you know, the peak physical form and peak, peak athletes. And they're going against people from all over the world. And if they got fourth place of all the people in the world, that's pretty freaking good. And you should be proud of that for your country. And, and that sort of discussion, you know, just have the discussion, talk about it and uh, and go from there. See what, see what comes back at you. Yeah, we I mean, we did actually approach that because like, one of the events, um, the Canadian athletes set canadian record it happened to be their personal best and so what we were trying to do is articulate how that's what's important if you have done your best and you perform to the best of your ability you that's a win it doesn't you don't need a colorful piece of you know metal around your neck to to actually demonstrate winning um, but baby force it's, it's, she follows apparently the, the Ricky Bobby school of thought. If you're not first, you're last. And, okay. Uh, so, so once she hits Canucks Twitter in a few years and she's going to be one of those, I understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, it got me thinking though. And I, you know, I, I would imagine cause we kind of grew up in the same era. You remember sports days back at school and during that sports day, it was a collection of ribbons. Um, yeah, yeah. I always hated that. And see, looking back at it, I actually didn't hate it at the time. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't like, I I would be the guy. If I collected ribbons, I was collecting like whatever the lowest possible ribbon was. So I was competitive in the sense that I had often the most, but I was never good or great at any particular sports day activity. Yeah. Um, if I got like a high place, it's cause it's like a team event and a very critical, um, you know, uh, sports like, um, 
potato sack races and, and <laughs> stuff like that because <laughs> sports days at school. See, why aren't those in the Olympics? So, I mean, those that's a good sport that could be there. And I would love to see world-class athletes do potato sack races. That'd be awesome. There was actually um, someone on Twitter had this idea. They're like, you know, the Olympics should simply be a collection of people who win a lottery. And during the opening ceremony, they they draw a sports out of a hat. And that's what they have to compete in. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, I mean, it, but like, you know, think about this person, like, I, cause I competition uh, obviously existed in many of the sports that I played. Um, and I was on teams growing up that tended to be at the, the sort of top end of, of competitive tables. Um, you and I grew up in an era where as five-year-olds, they had standings for team sports, like, which blows my mind how that was even a thing, but it was, and I don't want baby force to grow up where the focus is on winning. It needs to be on doing your best and then looking what you can do to do better. I'm all for competition though, because I feel that competition allows you to set targets and allows you to strive for more, but I feel that it needs to be like, that's that energy that just needs to be focused there by the way. And I'd like to try to reinforce that with her. Like, as I, as you mentioned, you know, maybe open to have these conversations. Oh yeah. She was not having any of it, man. We had tears. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, and I, I'm at one point and I, I, I feel bad for saying it. Obviously it didn't, I don't think it landed. It's like, oh man, if you're getting upset that Canada's not getting a lot of medals, I'm so sorry. But uh, <laughs> let me tell you about all these other things you won't be happy about. <laughs> Yeah. Anyhow, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just an interesting thing. And I, you know, and I, it got us thinking even more. We re, she likes to race us to the door when we get out of the elevator. I don't think we've ever actually raced, but for her, she's excited that we are. So it's like, do, do I go and actually race one day? And like, is that a lesson? <laughs> Cause like, I don't, I don't necessarily believe it needs to be one. It is, you know, that's sort of, that leads back to sort of the board game thing where you can't like, I, I don't care. I, whether it's a board game or a video game or whatever, I, I'm not going to let them win. And that's not going to happen. Now on the flip side, because they know that like at our new house here, we, we had a pool table left here. It's a nice pool table. I've never owned a pool table in my life. I, you know, I used to, in my 20s, I used to go out to the pool hall, and you know, the only time I was ever any good at pool was when I needed to impress a girl, and that wasn't very often. So I was never very good at pool. So, but since we have it here now, you know, I can show off a little bit for my almost 10 year old, as he keeps reminding me. He's still only nine; he's only a little bit past nine. But anyways, uh, you know, get up there on the table and just start uh, start having good games. And but it gets competitive, and you see sort of the joy. Like today, we had a game, and. Uh, and he took an early lead. He was up, and I was not hitting anything. And so I got—he got like eight balls down before I even had one. And he was pretty thrilled. Mm-hmm. He thought he was going to win. And you could see just the joy in his face because he actually knew if he won, it wasn't the data was letting him win. It was because he actually won. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's been an interesting thing. And I mean, I can't actually for for the record, I came back and I, I took the little little creep out. But uh, but you know, it was uh, it was still it was a tough. It was a good lesson for him, you know. He's on the cusp of winning, and I took it all away because that's yeah. that's life. If he, if he ever 
if he ever becomes a, a Canucks fan, he'll already know what that's like <laughs> when it happens to that team, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it could happen again one day in our house, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, this is, and this is what you're suggesting is sort of this conflict. I mean, is there a particular age where if it is a competition, like I compete, like right now, like what is a competition? Oh, Reese, you do the front door. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to run from the elevator to my front door because of reasons, but, but on a pre- we haven't got to that stage where there's like games. Yeah. On a previous show, you were talking about how you were teaching her the basics of video gaming and the old school gaming, you know, eventually that becomes a thing where, you know, he, she will think she's pretty good at say super Mario brothers. And then you just go in or I go in when I do it and I play through, I can play through most of the game without dying. And that's mm-hmm. not really much fun in a two player game when you're still waiting for your turn. So, so yeah, it's like those things. It's, you know, do you, yeah. so that's like the one time I will, in that sort of situation, I will throw myself down a hole just so that they get a turn, get to keep going. But yeah. As for board games and other competitive games, I, I, I never let them have it. And it's not, you know, it's not out of cruelty. It's just about, yeah, it's not, it's not sort of that lesson that our parents might have given you where it was like, yeah, we'll suck it up, kid. Like I was saying before, but uh, it's just sort of getting expectations managed and then also emphasizing that it's for the fun of what you're doing. It's not about the yeah. winning necessarily. Now, I mean, like you said, winning is a, uh, is a good thing and enforces you know, the competition is a good thing. And you're going to need that in life at some points, depending on how it goes. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, excite bike. Uh, we had a right, deal this weekend. Bike where we'd switch turns every time we had to go to the menu mm. and um, suffice to say at one point daddy wasn't getting the menu anymore and someone was necessarily happy with that oh. so a race was thrown and then someone was happy again and it's also age levels too right i mean she's gonna get older and as she does she'll be able to comprehend more and more of these things yeah. and hopefully you can actually have that talk a little better as time goes on my six-year-old yeah. sometimes she gets it sometimes she doesn't so yeah yeah it, it's just an interesting thing that again i mean it's it's neat how she's probably i'm gonna say like been this way i mean i don't know how to articulate it better but she's probably been competing and we're been more aware of competition longer than we have really known. And now that we've got, we've noticed it, it's like, Oh, okay, well, what's the approach? Cause like, I think back to like my, my experience growing up, my parents, um, my dad, my parents were both sport. My dad was the one who was generally out at every one of my sporting events, rain, shine, snow, sleet, hail, whatever. My dad was there and he wouldn't say much. Unless I did something that I should not have done. Like if I, I remember this one game where I threw my helmet in disgust and I learned very quick, one does not throw their helmet for any reason, right? Like that's what I got in trouble for. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, another sort of baseball game where uh, I didn't put in the effort. So I, I hit a, I essentially what should have been a routine pop-up and in my disgust, I just sauntered towards the bag and what happens uh, an error is committed, but guess what? Chris wasn't hustling and he got out and I heard that, uh, one must give their all. I mean, again, I can, I, I sort of think, and it's, I don't think my dad grew up 
with that sort of reinforcement, right? Like, I mean, yes, he did, but to the extreme, whereas for him, it's like, okay, no, you're not competing to win. It's that you let your team down. Like he was really much trying to reinforce, especially in team play that you need to give your effort because it's what your team deserves. And I think for me that became not really problematic, but like, why did I quit playing soccer? Well, the team I played for had a number of players who did not give their all. And at one point I'm like, well, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not going to go and, you know, break myself down on the field each week. If, you know, these kids aren't going to do the same. And so I quit. And I think that's the most important thing about, especially about childhood sports. I mean, you have to be there to have fun. You have to be there having fun. It's not about, I mean, yeah, you could be the greatest team in the history of childhood sports, but that doesn't matter. And it doesn't take you very far. And so many of these sports that we see, I mean, the parents just get so into it and push their kids so mm-hmm. hard and try to relive their own glory days through through their kids. I mean, my son before before we came, before COVID, and really he was probably about five when he first showed interest in it, and we never really paid any attention. We never pushed him in anything, but he was into gymnastics, and he was far more. You could tell already he was far more agile than I ever was, and. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really into swimming as well. And so when he was about five, he found out he could try out for the dive club. And so he went and tried out for the dive club. And, you know, he was the littlest guy there. And it was so, it was like, I would just sat back and, you know, I supported him as much as I could. And, but it was about him getting up there and him conquering a lot of fears and just getting up there. And he really enjoyed it. And as time went on, he got, you know, they the team offered him into the, into their comp- competitive program where they get harder because he was, he was doing really well. And we pulled out of that before we, because we moved out of the city and mm-hmm. there was no diving out here. That's the one thing that there wasn't out here, but uh, just watching that and watching how it all worked and the parents that get really into it and him just, you know, for him, it was more about enjoying himself and, and fighting his fears. Like he got up on the five meter board and he would, it was a long time. He got up there and he would, the littlest guy that there was on the team, he would climb all the way up there and he would look down and he would go, that's a long way down. And he would turn around and he would walk back down and he would climb back down the ladders. And he would do that over and over and over until, and I would sit there in the back and I'd be across the, like the aquatic center in Vancouver. It's a very old pool, but you know, the, mm-hmm. the dive pool is way at the back of the place and the bleachers are at the front and there's a big pool in between that. So you're watching them and they're a couple hundred feet away from you. And so I could see him, but I would sit there and sit on the bench and just cheer for him and watch him and hope that he made it that jump that time. But when he didn't, you know, I would just encourage him when he got back and say, you know, you, you went all, you got all the way up there and you didn't jump again, but you climbed all the way up there and sort of talk about that. And he did actually, after a time, start jumping off the five meter and he did it probably 20 or 30 times before suddenly deciding that it was too high for him again. He sort of, he, he sort of had a setback suddenly. It was like, again, you're just there to support the kid. You don't, you don't really... I was anyways, and that's how we looked at it. And we weren't pushing him to do any better. We weren't pushing him to do any worse. We were pushing him to do what he wanted to do. And that was sort of the, mm-hmm. that was what worked for us. Yeah. I haven't had that opportunity yet, though. I mean, Baby Forest is in essentially what we call soccer practice. It's a, a private sort of soccer group. I will admit that there are times when I give her choices, like if she does not want to be there, it's, I want to be there. We'll leave. Like if we're here, you're going to, you're going to participate. Um, but that's, that's about it. I think in, in fact, the only thing that I've ever spoken to her about is the, you know, 
Well, actually, I've actually told her she needs to listen to her coach. Mm. Um, but that's more of a listen to people. When you tell her she has to participate, does she? Uh, generally speaking, yes. Okay, because I had the opposite with my daughter. We we would do things like she's much more of the artistic type. So we would go and we went to to classes at the Arts Umbrella, which is a local art school that's uh, down in Granville Island in Vancouver. And she would mm. go into these classes that I knew she would love if she actually participated, but then she would refuse to. We would get there and I would spend the better part of 45 minutes arguing with her. And she was only, you know, three, four at this time, trying to encourage her to go inside and participate because you'll love this and you're going to enjoy it. And, you know, I couldn't because my daughter is very stubborn and knows what she knows what she wants. And that's, you know, if she puts her mind somewhere, then that's where it is. And as I've said before, you know, that's a great thing to have. It's a great attitude to have. And it's going to serve her a lot when she's older and, you know, when she needs to deal with what people, what women need to deal with and or what women do deal with, not need to deal with. Neil needs a really bad word, what women have to deal with. So, you know, these are things that I want my daughter to have these, this fight in her and this, you know, have a very strong mind and know what she wants and know her ideals. And of course, if you know her mother, then you know, that's where it all comes from anyways. But, you know, Um, for, I guess your your wife's a pushover. Yeah. But with, with, as the father, you know, as trying to convince her to go to these classes, you know, you just kind of wish that it wouldn't quite be there so much with you sometimes, but uh, still, no, it's, it's great. And those are things that I want to, you know, encourage in my daughter as well. Yeah, no, like she's baby of force is pretty good. It, like I, I, I'm a firm believer in choice. I will admit the choices may not always be desirable choices that I will provide her, but she gets a choice. Um, and usually because the choices are participate or we don't have to, and we can go, um, she doesn't like the going part is not what she wants. And I think what for her, she's sort of thinking, you know, processing, like she doesn't reach that stage where it's a negotiation or true negotiation, but what does she want? We're at the school park. There's soccer practice at the end of practice. There is a playground. I'd like in on that playground action. I'm pretty sure the playground action's fun, but I know I can't just go into the playground now because then we're going to go. So I got to part like, you know, I'm, she's problem solving. Yeah. And about the only time where she didn't participate um, was when we had arrived to practice real late and I kind of believe that she was upset because they started without her and that she didn't want like, well, they started without me. So they don't want like, you know, I think that might've been what the issue was. Um, so daddy had to go and practice with her. Okay. Um, and she sort of followed along and then eventually she, it's like she warmed up and then off she went, but, uh, yeah, she was, you know, essentially glued to my leg while I was passing the ball with coach. I, I um, one thing I know with, with, with sort of multi-sport and, and different activities, I, I want her to try and experience everything and find what it is that she truly wants and loves. I don't want her to specialize too early. Um, my, my belief is specialization is not productive, especially when you're young. Cause that's the opportunity like you're, when you're young, that's when you have the opportunity to explore. I mean, we, we still do, but the responsibilities we have are a little bit different. 
Yeah, but it also, I mean, it's it's one of those things where if a kid really knows what they want to be or thinks they know what they want to be and they're just with that, I mean, I never had that as, as a kid myself. And I never, I had, didn't have it as an adult. I don't know, I still have it today where I never really want, knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Like, my daughter is very sure of what she wants to be, and she's just like, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, cool. If that's what, what it is, gonna do? she's an artist, and she's always identified as an artist, and she says she's an artist, and she'll tell you she's an artist. And she's she thinks she's you know, the next Bob Ross, probably, is, is her. Hey, so that's cool. A little mistake. Yeah, but on your earlier note, I mean, yeah, I sort of had that, we had that, that attitude with my son, too, where it was like, you know, we never wanted to say, we never wanted to cut him off from trying things. We wanted to let him try as many things as he possibly wanted to and was interested in, and we had the ability to to let him do that. And the funny thing with him was that he never wanted to stop anything he ever did. There was no activity that he did. He was like, no, I've had enough of that one. It was, you know, everything was just another one. I'm going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. So they're specializing. And then it's just like, you know, specializing in everything. And that's expensive. And you can't hold that up too long. Yeah, I think like, I guess I should qualify. Like it's the, I mean, I I used to coach uh, minor league sports, uh, soccer and softball. I, I refereed as well. And often I would hear from parents who would say, well, I'm, I'm taking my son out of sport, so soccer, softball, because he's going to play hockey all year round. And I, you know, like, okay, that's obviously a decision that they will make themselves. They don't need my input. They're simply informing me of the case. But I'm sitting here wondering, like, is this, did, did you make this decision with your kid? Because your kid really seems to enjoy softball. Like, really enjoys it not to suggest that you don't get that with hockey like that one sport specialization but we're talking about kids who are like they're just breaking into their teens and uh, it always makes me wonder like is that is that the parent possibly making the choice like oh my kid will be a great player and the potential to become even better. Like, I mean, this being hockey also is, you know, the Canadian specialty, (laughs) all Canadians apparently are born on skates and will become professional hockey players. It's just in our DNA. We choose to be hockey players in the NHL. And if we don't want to, then yeah, well, I mean, growing up in Vancouver in that area, we aren't the prototypical Canadians where, you know, the whole, idea of the Canadian kid in his backyard freezes and they spend the whole year playing spend the whole winter playing hockey and then it's still frozen in the middle of June so they keep playing then that's not our experience because that's not where we grew up so now I'm just mm-hmm. something that since you brought it up though I'm thinking that we actually have a really we have a big flat backyard here and I know once it snows it's going to be there for a while so maybe maybe we'll have that uh prototypical right. Canadian he's going to be a hockey player thing come out yet. I don't know, but I doubt it. Maybe my yeah, daughter. Though, I mean, well, just... you got the, the backyard. I want to see the rink, the backyard rink. We're going to put the, I... put the lights up, the bleachers up, you know, it'll, it'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And again, for our listeners that don't really know this, I mean, I call Vancouver or sort of Metro Vancouver, the lower mainland, the tropical part of Canada, because in the winter it's cold and it's wet, but it's not frozen. Yeah, and you see snow maybe every other year. It's not you don't really get a good snowfall every year. So every other every, year, it, yeah. and when it comes down, I say every few years. Yeah, and when it comes down, normally snow. it's it stays around for a day and then it turns into slush. 
So, I mean, the last few years we've had a couple patches where we've had snow for that's come and been there for a week or so, and that's been unusual for us. But, uh, but yeah, it's that's kind of where where we both grew up. Yeah, which is why, like, yeah, hockey is the traditional winter sport, but in Metro Vancouver, so is soccer and football. And essentially, if you can play on grass, it's a year-round sport out this way, <laughs> like, because we've got grass that you can actually play on year-round. Or in some cases, mud, because it's rained a lot. And we don't have enough ice rinks, so that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, on that note, I do want Baby Force to learn how to skate. I never did. Yeah, no, that was one of those things. Like We went for a while where it was like we would do a couple classes in the morning and then take them to take them to skating lessons and then take them to swimming lessons. And we would go all over the city because the way Vancouver works, you have to register and registration is very difficult. And so you'd have to, you'd get like skating at one rink and swimming at another pool on the other side of town. And so that was our life for a while. We were doing that pretty constantly, but the whole thing of it is, is both of them actually, my daughter didn't quite get into it as far as my son did, but uh, he's was far better skater than I ever was. And, you know, and now even, you know, they wear helmets. When we were kids, you didn't wear helmets. You just fell and hit your head really hard on the ice. And but just it, it, once the bell stopped ringing, you were good to go. Yeah, mine stopped ringing last week, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, those that whole thing where they, they were very into those things. And uh, and they those were things that they got better at me in no time at all. And same with my son is swimming. He's a far better swimmer than I am, which is great because we live by a lake now. And I don't need, necessarily need to worry about him because he's a good swimmer. Yeah. Swimming, swimming is something we've done skating. Not yet. Um, but like uh, the idea is uh, if when it comes to sport is in, and sort of activity, it's the exploration phase. Like I truly hope that my daughter, you know, can, can try everything, find out what it is she wants to do. Um, we'll see, like it'll, it'll reach a point where she may say, I don't want to do anything. And I'm curious how I will deal with that at the time. Um, she just wants to be on Twitch. Yeah. That won't, well, I'm, I would be supportive, but <laughs> the thing about that is like, I, again, I, I think it's, it's, I feel there is value in being active and you know, it's beyond the, like it can be anything as long as you're active. Um, ultimately though, sort of bringing this uh, uh, full circle, if she ever does wish to to wear that to maple leaf at the let's see now uh, be the 2032 olympics would be their first eligible one is that the next one in vancouver oh well, who knows i mean let's i i i i do enjoy watching sort of the olympic competitions um but like as far as sort of the competition and the business side, oh man, is yeah, and that's ultimately the thing. But but yeah, the the competition itself is it can be can be beautiful, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah the business, not so much. Anywho, um, what nerdy stuff you've been up to? Let's see. I've been uh, my son and I have jumped into some new Lego video games, and I shouldn't say new because mm-hmm. it just came up where. Very much on the nerdy, he's super into Marvel, which, you know, I think is sort of the new, it's the new thing where, you know, in our childhoods, most people were into Star Wars or some people were anyways. My, I was never, yeah. but 
Now you look at it in Star Wars, kind of, I mean, this might be sacrilegious to say, but it kind of sucks. Come on. And, uh, and the Marvel movies, I think this is the last episode of our show. Marvel universe is, uh, is sort of the new thing where, and so he's very, he's been through, watched all the shows and all the movies. Now we went through them all over the last, well, through the pandemic, really, that was sort of our pandemic thing where we started watching Marvel movies and shows. And so he finally caught up and now he's super into Marvel. So he was asking me, we'd been playing, we'd played some Star Wars Lego at some points and we played uh, some Harry Potter Lego games at some point. And so he was asking me, dad, is there any, is there any Marvel games? And so sure enough, some came on sale the other day and yes, they're from, you know, 10 years ago, actually. I think the first Marvel game was Marvel Lego was like 10 years ago, but we started playing that. And so that's, uh, that's been our bonding where some nights we play Marvel and then the other nights, the other nights when I'm just like, no, I need my own time now. Then I play what he calls that zombie game, which I've gotten into the last of us part two. Now, have, mm. have you done any of the last of us or any of that kind of thing? No, I haven't. Okay. I mean, I, the thing, so I know I should, and I'm missing out, but the problem I have with games, especially games with compelling stories is that I need time. And if I don't have the time to invest, I don't even start. Yeah, I understand. And I mean, The Last of Us, I, I played I played through it again last year, again, early COVID, because I knew the sequel was coming out. But when I did that, I just felt so burnt out by the end, because it was one of those games with story. But it's really, it brings you up, it brings you down, and then it brings you down again. It brings you down, and it brings you down a little more, and then it brings you up a little bit, and then it brings you down. And by the end, you know, it's really, it's a compelling story, and it's a compelling game, and I would still recommend it, I think. But, but I didn't have it in me to play the sequel right away. And the sequel came out and I was like, no, I can't do that right now. I don't have the emotional space for that. So yeah. finally I'm at a place, I guess, where I could, and it came, it was on sale at one point. So I said, okay, sure. I'll pick it up and I'll play it at some point. So that's where I've started doing. I've been, uh, I've been playing that. Yeah. I've been putting a lot of time in the Pokemon Unite. Really? Which I, to be honest, there I don't know what about. Okay, I'm not really into the Pokemon ecosystem. Okay, I mean, yes, when Pokemon Go came out, I had it and I, you know, did what everyone else was doing, walking around and catching rare Pokemon, and then realizing how crazy it was because of all the hundreds of people that are blocking the road as I need to drive by because of who knows what is magically appearing in the middle of the, you know, major thoroughfare. Yeah. Um. But again, like it wasn't everything that anything could me. And then you have the concept of the MOBA. MOBAs aren't my style. Like, um, I, I, I just never really found a enjoyment. I'd play them from time to time, something like Dota or League of Legends, but just again, not, not my thing. I think the most time I had spent in a MOBA was Heroes of the Storm, um, but it had more to do with sort of the uh, Blizzard universe, which was something I had really grown up with. So I, I hear all these sort of people on social media talking about Pokemon Unite. I'm like, ah, okay, it's free. I'll go check it out. I'm not going to invest any money. So yes, it's got some crazy gotchas in it, but not going to bother me. I don't need the latest and greatest Pokemon in my collection. I do not need to have them wearing Hawaiian clothes or whatever the heck I you have to pay real money to get. But boy, oh boy, I found myself enjoying it. Um, and baby force has actually watched me play and she gets into it. She's like, Oh my God, daddy, 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 the crab, the crab, go help the crab. I'm like the crab's not on my team. Don't help the crab. Then <laughs> go help the horsey. 
And like, that's the thing, actually, I think what maybe is why I'm enjoying it as much is that she's engaging with the characters because they're, they're animals. Like, oh, I see a crab, a dragon, a horse, or like rabbit, or I can't remember what she called Pikachu. Yeah. Anyhow, I mean, regardless, she's enjoying it. And then it's like, daddy, let me try. And so I feel bad because there are some matches when she's controlling half the controller because my switch controller just doesn't. I have the pro. And so her hands just too small. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to press X. I'm going to press X presses X. It doesn't do anything. Oh, daddy didn't do anything. Okay. Press, press a, Oh my God, it did something. Like, yeah, totally. We just went and, you know, started a war, but it's all good. I mean, I, but even without her sort of involvement, I've just enjoyed it. It's like a time sink. I just fire up the switch. I play a few matches. I'm good to go. Um, I don't really like, it's weird. I, I, I have had much more investment in games and titles yet. This is one where there's seemingly little, but I continue to sit down, turn it on, play it and off. I go. Nice. The one other I can mention is uh, lately. My kids have really gotten into Minecraft, which oh, wow. was strange. Cause I, I mean, we, we put Minecraft on our switch at some point a couple of years ago when it came out and I thought at the time, you know, I can learn about this. And I remember like having little nephews like 10 years ago, really into Minecraft. And, and yeah, I, I never, I picked it up and I was like, oh, you know, I don't need to know about this because by the time my kids get there, it'll be some other game. It won't be Minecraft. But no, suddenly they are both at three o'clock every afternoon. They're asking me if they can just keep working on their castle. And it's really actually quite cute because they are, are they playing like cooperative? Yeah, they're playing or? cooperative. So they're playing where they build things together and you know, my daughter today got really, really upset because she lost my son and she couldn't find him in the Minecraft world. And this was actually a really major thing for her. And I was like, you know, you got to remember, kiddo, you're not, you're right here in front of us. You're not lost. And she was like, yeah, but I can't find, I can't find, I can't find Kay. And so that was very upsetting to her. And so, but they're really like, they're cooperating and building these things together. And it's really, it's really kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas, you know, normally I would say, and they've given up like all other games. Like they were playing, they would get to a point where they hit the afternoon and one of them would play the switch and one of them would play the PS five. But now every day it's no, it's just the switch. They're playing Minecraft together and that's it. And it's, and it's a, uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of the opposite of competition. It's, it's very cooperative and it's a lot of teamwork in there. Yeah, no, I, I was late to Minecraft. I got into it last year and I like the sort of the cooperative nature. So, my esports podcast, we actually have a Minecraft server sort of for the community. And, uh, I decided just one day, cause I mean, the world is vast and I didn't know, like, I don't know the game well enough to understand how to quickly travel. And so I started sort of experimenting like, Oh, Hey, if I, I can take a mine cart, I can build rails and then I can have these powered ones that shoot you forward. I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have built myself a subway. And so I went forth and I spent an entire like day, like a Saturday, I logged on at like 9am and like 3pm or 4pm when I, I built my subway and I'm so proud of myself. And then I share with the community and then I log on the following weekend. And, uh, uh, we now had like an interconnected, fully automated, like subway system. Like you hit this button and a rail cart just pops up and you jump in and you, I mean, it like, the community did that. And that's the part I think that I really enjoyed, but I don't play it as much anymore because 
the world sort of went on without me. <laughs> and now I have no idea what anything is. It's like I log in and there's like massive castles and um like it's like you know they're they're like I don't know how that happened. So it's just here I have my humble little glass box I live in. It's basically just foretelling how life's gonna be at 70 for you. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, the world's just moving too fast. But no, my, Minecraft is fun. I think, you know, with what your kids are doing, I sort of hope that one point my daughter and I will have that cooperative game experience. She already kind of has it with my wife. Um, my wife plays like sort of mobile-based games like Farmville. Okay. And uh, Baby Force is into those. She loves just like the style of the game is meant to encourage you to spend money because it again it doesn't it rewards patience but people are not patient right with baby force she knows no better and so it's a great game because she's like oh okay i just got to wait to milk my cow so it's going to take five minutes so what can i do in the meantime okay i'm going to go and you know feed the goat and like it's she just processes it she's not in a race to get anywhere so now, she's she is enjoying that are those ones the ones that have the ads that have you you know buxom women and not that well okay, i'm sure there are games like that but uh, not uh, good good yeah just, just curious because yeah, yeah that usually yeah it's not that so there are yeah the ads that show up not, not this game it's the the gotcha is the essentially pay real money game get coins coins make game go quick <laughs> yeah right, it, I, it, I understand it, the culture yeah so it's I will admit for me, there is this temptation as to how can I go in and make this quicker, but then I'm also very frugal. So like, it's like any game, um, Diablo, where I'd be the guy running around every nook and cranny to get every loose copper piece on the ground. Cause that one copper piece, which can get me absolutely nothing adds up when you collect over, you know, 10,000 of those copper pieces or like I'm. I want every little penny, but then when it comes to spending it, nah, I don't want to spend anything. So I'm cheap. Well, these games I'll, if I do get even free, like diamonds, I'm like, Oh, I got free diamonds, but I'm never going to spend them. I'm putting those in the cupboard. Cause I'm, that's right. Cause you know, somehow this virtual currency that matters very little to me outside of this game that I'm never going to use it in will become important. One totally. Day. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Anywho, it's uh, it's been an episode. It has. Locked a lot. Yeah. Hopefully the, the temperature comes down and the air clears and yeah. By the time we record another one, I'll have turned 70. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll probably moved because I'm just sort of looking at the calendar. Now I am going on a road trip. I'll wave when we go by. Um, we're actually going to be to the North of you. I think if we came by your way, the fires are probably a whole lot worse. No, they're actually pretty clear where we're at. So no, that's what I'm saying yeah. is if we do come your way, it's because the fires have become, yeah. yeah, yeah. there's four in our general area, but they're not anything compared to some of the ones that are out there. Yeah. But, uh, no, just looking at the calendar, I'll have, we have the vacation and I move pretty much soon after that. So big changes. Yeah. I won't have like the vast palatial property that you have, but, uh, but you have someplace new and your own. So that's, that's, that's right. a step up. And I won't have people living above me who, for one reason or another, spent three hours jumping and running around in circles. I do that right now, but I can do that because I don't have anyone below me. Yeah. But then I get tired and fall down. 
it was actually a teachable moment when baby force is like, wow, they're really noisy. Well, you know, when we say you shouldn't jump around and run around at night, it's so the people below us don't hear it. Oh, they could hear us. If I did that. Oh, I don't want to be like them upstairs. <laughs> the whole in the new house. I can do that. Right. Yes. In the new house, you can just do that all you want. The teachable moment of, I don't want to be like them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what? I, part of me wanted to go upstairs just to say, Hey, is everything okay? Like I, it was like a circuit. It was, it, you could, you could follow them. It was like in a circle and it was like, you know, maybe track. I don't know. And anyhow, whatever. It was weird. Um, if you're at this point of the show, I hope is that you've subscribed. And if you haven't click the subscribe button. We obviously come to you every few weeks. We talk about all sorts of things, obviously a little bit nerdy stuff from time to time, mostly parenting stories of fatherhood, parenthood, motherhood. Well, yeah. And also feel being, free to give a review. Cause I mean, we, we love the reviews and uh, you know, well, we haven't had, had no, one we haven't had one in a while. And if you give us a bad review, even, you know, we'll, we'll call you out on Twitter and make fun of you for a while. Cause you know, okay. I only did that because of the last review. My Canucks podcast got, I mean, I'm, I get it. I mean, bad reviews are part and parcel of the experience, but yeah. Give honest reviews. We can take them. Yeah, no, I, I actually, when I was, I was going to go and give love to all the bad reviews for all the shows, but really it's just the Canucks podcast. And there was one that I did not give love to, and I kind of regret it. It was a bad review, but it was probably one of the most constructive reviews that I've ever seen for a podcast. They, the person explained, here's what I really like, but here's what's getting in the way of me liking all of it. And it's like, wow, that's really valid stuff. So yeah, if you want to do that, do that to us too. Give us a review. Give us a valid review. We can, we can take it. We can, yeah. we're, we're dads. And if you just want to drop a note, like you don't want to go and publish that review online, you can just email us at feedback at nerdydagcast.com. And, um, I, I mean, we get no email, but it would be nice if we got one once in a while. If you have a really good cookie recipe, just send it over. We'll 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 try it. It'll be great. Yeah, we'll 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 bake it on on <laughs> podcast. I don't know how that would work and set up, but yeah, it's possible. We can figure it out. It'd be like an ASMR podcast, right? You know, mixing things up. Clunk, 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 clunk. Each of us does it in our own place, and we try to see if we got good results. Same results, yeah. That's That'd be right. cool. And uh, as always, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Nerdy Dadcast is where you'll find us on both. Not yet on TikTok. It's coming though. I, I don't early twenty twenty two. Yeah, but uh, on behalf of John, myself, Chris, I'm going to sign off this episode by asking you to stay nerdy, my friends. Mm-hmm.